Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. I have a great guest interview today with a certified holistic health and life coach. And today we are going to talk about our relationships with food and possibly being disconnected from our bodies or what we truly need. We're going to talk about how many of us connect our worthiness to our weight or the number on the scale and how we can change all that and how we can finally find freedom from food and actually find the freedom of living the lives God has meant us to live by our connection with him and by us understanding what our bodies and what we truly need. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given and to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? I'm Kristen. I'm an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have a lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God and design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome our guest, Melissa Rolfs. She's a certified holistic health and life coach, and she is the owner of Freedom to Be Coaching. I'm really excited to bring her on today because we are going to talk about all those things that so many of us feel, men and women, but especially women, about guilt and shame around maybe our eating habits or our bodies. We are going to learn and talk about loving our own bodies and being free to be who God made us to be. So I want to welcome her today. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, me too. It's such a great conversation. Or I know we're going to have such a great conversation. And I love that this will drop when it's still warmer, you know, uh, late summer and while a lot of us maybe have already been thinking about our bodies a lot, I think it's obviously something that a lot of us are always thinking about food, our relationship with food. And so I love that you're going to share with us your own journey and then also things we can do to maybe shift our perspectives a little bit around food and around our bodies. So I'm so excited. Can you start off with just telling us a little bit about your journey and then kind of what are you doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So I did not think I was going to do this, Kristen. I wanted to be a news anchor. Like I was going to be Katie Couric. That was my jam. God had another plan. (laughs) So long and short of it is I um, got married, had kids, was living, you know, that that white picket fence dream that everybody wants. But I was just not super happy. And I was finding myself living off of Diet Dr. Pepper and sugar and big pretzels with cheese to try to make myself feel better, to feel social worker, therapist who had her own journey with PTSD and diagnosed me with PTSD from childhood trauma. So had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping through the night, a two-year-old who had some undiagnosed food allergies and sensory processing disorder, a husband who was traveling for work and my PTSD diagnosis. But God worked all of that for good. I met with a naturopath and really learned about the impact of food and mood and overall health and really changed my relationship with food, changed my relationship with body, found so much freedom um, through faith and just learning about how God made our bodies. And so here I am doing the same thing to help other women who are where I was. Very high powered overview. (laughs) Oh, no, it's so good. And I love it. And I love that you're helping people in that way. So why don't you start with just a little bit about, uh, you know, that was a a great overview. That's a lot, right, of like things that you were processing and dealing with. So why don't you start with just maybe telling us what was your relationship with food Mm -hmm. and, you know, how, what was maybe the beginning of how you changed that? Yeah. So I remember like as young as eight and hiding cookies and candies and sweets and just 
unhealthy food in my room because that became a coping mechanism for me. It was very much how I handled the chaos and the trauma and just things that I had no control over. So for me, food was never a source of fuel or energy or about health. It was about comfort. And so that carried, you know, through life, obviously, and that became my coping mechanism. And so really realizing through my healing journey that food was more about, you know, energy and mood and overall health. And that changed everything for me. So really kind of let go of the food as coping and comfort and dealt with the root of the issue instead of turning to food. Mm. Yeah, I think probably a lot of us can relate to doing that with food or something, right? Like food, it might be a certain type of food. It might be a beverage. It could be anything, Mm -hmm. right? But these habits that maybe really aren't serving us, you know, and Mm -hmm. I've definitely had, you know, those, those times as well that I've had to realize, is this a good choice for me, for Kristen, or is this really not in my best interest, you know? And so why don't we talk about the guilt and shame often around our, either eating habits or even just our bodies, the way we perceive ourselves and the way that we may, be, we may be criticizing ourselves or we may be very hard on ourselves. We totally are. <laughs> a lot of times we are our own worst enemy because we have an expectation, a perception, this ideal of what we should look like, should eat, should be doing, and then we don't do that. And then and we do the whole guilt and shame spiral to ourselves. And so it's just interesting because I lived that way for a lot of the time. Like I felt like when we would go out to eat in a group, people would judge me for what I was eating and I wanted to appear a certain way. And so I wouldn't really order what I wanted. I would order what I felt like I should. And there was a lot of guilt and shame around that. And really through that freedom journey and healing, those chains broke off because God doesn't want us to have guilt and shame. That's not who he created us to be. That's not what he created us to have. So really, if we can release that, that's a big part of the journey. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I have so been in that situation where I'm like the, the right choices, maybe mm-hmm. I should have this beautiful salad with salmon, which I love. But sometimes I'm like, I want the pizza. And I'm not saying I can't have the pizza sometimes. But I'm with you. I've had those thoughts where I'm like, gosh, everybody else is eating like no carbs. And I kind of want the really delicious carby thing. And then feeling like bad if I choose it sometimes. Right. And so I totally have been there. You know, now, of course, if I know I eat, I ate well all week, you know, I know, okay, it's great. It's fine to have that food that you enjoy, you know. So, you know, part of that is trying to shift our perspective, right? About, like you said, it's fueling our bodies. Is this healthy choices? Am I getting the things that actually, heal us, make us feel good, right? Those fruits, those vegetables, you know, all the other, you know, foods that are good for us versus only having that really yummy or decadent thing on occasion, right? As a special treat. Right. Because the thing with food, Kristen, is it's not good or bad. Right. There is no moral value with food. We assign it that and we judge it as such. And then I think we use that as a reflection of like, oh, I ate really good. So I must be good. No, they're they're not even correlated. We need to stop that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I so agree with you. So tell us a little bit about, uh, I know one thing when we, you know, we're going to talk uh, and did before, but had to re-record. You brought up a concept that I thought was just fantastic. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about it with us, which was we associate our worth with our weight or many mm-hmm. of us do. So what can you tell us about that? That a lot of us might be doing that. And how can we shift that idea? Yeah. So we do that, right? Like we 
feel like we need to look a certain way. We need to be a certain size. We need to be a certain number. And a lot of times if you ask people, well, why do you feel that way? Because I like the number, like there's really no real like valid, meaningful reason. They just feel like that's a good number for them. So a lot of times we will do that. We will associate our, our worth with our weight or our appearance or how we feel. And we let that affect how we show up in the world. And those, those aren't even correlated. The fact of the matter is God made us individual. He made us unique. We're, you know, knit together in our mother's womb. He made us perfectly like he made us and our bodies the way that he did for a reason. And there's nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong with your size. There's nothing wrong with you. Those two are not correlated. But I think a lot of that is the diet culture that creeps in. And it tells us that in order to be happy, we have to be a certain size or weigh a certain number. But again, the happiness isn't correlated to the weight. They're two totally different things. People have gotten to their goal weight and still been miserable. Like they're not even, yeah, they, they don't even correlate. It doesn't even make sense if you just stop and and break it down and think critically for a minute. It's not even correlated. So your weight is no reflection of your worth at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I've heard something similar that's not just about weight, but it's sort of that thing about, Um, We have this perception that when we hit something, that could be, I make more money, I get the bigger house, but some faraway goal, this other job that we think that will make us happy or it will satisfy us. But truly it's in how we choose to show up now in the present moment and live our lives, how we choose to realize that it's actually rich and full and abundant now. And it's not in this future thing. I mean, we can still have goals, but when we tie it to thinking it will bring us happiness or fulfillment, I think this is where we struggle with realizing we get those things and then we still don't feel fulfilled. Right. And that's what I did. Right. Like I was the stay at home mom with the 2.5 kids and the dog. And and I was like, not completely happy. And I'm like, what is wrong? Like, it's almost like we've been fed this lie that once I have these things, or I have this car, or I have this status, or I have this many kids, then my life will be full. No, those things don't make your life full. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things I I talk about more frequently now is, you know, the idea, you know, of course, we happy is great, but it's really joy, right? We're looking for joy, we're looking for peace. And we get that through really knowing who we are, right? Who we are in the from the perspective of God, having that relationship with him, because that's what lets us know this right here, right now, who we are already, right? And in that relationship, that's where we find the joy, you know, is being present and being with the people we're already with, you know, it's not in the materialistic things, or like you said, even fitting in a different size. Right. And I think we tend to negate that. And we focus on the external more than we do the internal. Because for me, you know, there were things that I needed to deal with internally, there was healing that needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, once I worked through that, and I let Jesus transform me and heal me and renew me in that way, that's when I had the peace. I had the joy. I had everything I had always wanted. It wasn't based on where I was living. It wasn't based on the size of my house. It wasn't based on any of that. But so many times we focus on the external and really it needs to be the internal. Yeah, absolutely. So what about, uh, you know, so I, what are some of the things that we can do if we find, if we realize hearing this conversation that, yeah, maybe I do use food for comfort or uh, I am, um, using it as a cocomism, or I'm just not happy with how I feel guilty about my habits. So what do, what do we do or what do you recommend? Because I know you talk about what is our relationship with food like. So what can you share with us? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to replace judgment with curiosity, because I think we've talked about this a lot already. Like we judge food, we'll say it's good, it's bad, we'll do the guilt, the shame. Take all that off and just get really curious. Ask, what am I looking for? Am I hungry? What do I need? A lot of times we'll have a craving and we'll recognize that we need something and we automatically think food because it's craving. But it may not be a physical craving. We might be craving more alone time. We might be craving more time with the Lord. We might be craving more time with people. Like really get curious Mm -hmm. and ask, what am I craving? And am I hungry? Because a lot of times it's easy to reach for the food. It's legal. It's socially acceptable. It's We need it. That's the hard thing with food, right? Like we need it to live. It's not like alcohol or drugs or smoking or other habits that people have. Like we need the food to live. So really just get curious and ask yourself, what do I need? What am I looking for? Yeah. 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 I think that's good. And so what about too, you know, you kind of mentioned this, but not, not in so many words about we don't even maybe realize, you know, like you said, like it's easy to go for food when it might be something else our body needs. It might even be that we feel like we're not as connected to our spouse. It could be any of the things you mentioned and so many others, or we're tired. And then that sugar gives us a pick me up for a hot minute. And then later we realize we feel worse. Right. So what would you say about, um, you know, how our connection to our bodies, mind, body, spirit, because I know sometimes there's there part of it is that right. Is how we're, mm-hmm. Maybe we're not listening or we're not in tune to our bodies. 100%. A lot of us aren't. I mean, I think we haven't been taught how to listen to our bodies. We haven't been taught how to listen to what we need and what works for us. Because again, that diet culture creeps in and it's like, everybody needs to do this. And that, no, God made us unique. We are individuals. Let's honor that. So I think really just, again, I think curiosity can be the best thing you can do. You know, step back and, and ask, how did this food make me feel? Okay. Did it energize me? Great. That's a food that energizes me. Did I feel, you know, like you mentioned that sugar rush and then I crashed down. Okay. I don't want to feel that way again. Let's try some other options. So I think just being aware and being curious, I know I said it earlier, but that is really the most powerful thing. Cause I think we get so busy and so caught up in our day-to-day lives that we forget the basics. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I mean, I've been um, in the last month or almost month and a half, I've had to change some of my eating habits and other habits, you know, for some health stuff going on, but I'm using it as a time of this is such a great reset for me, right? Because I'm having to make really good choices. I'm having to be really aware and I'm seeing even more so than in the past, like how much does this certain thing affect me, right? Like, does it make me feel better? Like you said, does it make me feel worse? Am I craving this sweet? Because like you said, like, what's the reason or is it a healthier choice? You know, if I'm going to cho- choose it like a frozen banana with a little bit of dark chocolate on it versus like a chocolate bar straight, right. Or something. But so I absolutely get what you're saying about that because I'm having to slow down and do a lot less too for this, for the season. And so it's really giving me a lot of free time, right? So I'm writing in my, you know, my little journal, what I ate, what vitamins I took so that I can keep track of it, right. And see how it impacted me. But I can tell you just slowing down and paying attention because a lot of times people, right, we're so busy, we just grab, right? We grab the food. And sometimes we're, we thought ahead and maybe we prepped healthy things, but sometimes we don't. And so we just grab the convenient thing, which is okay sometimes. But the point is, then we wonder why it, we didn't feel great. Or maybe you felt puffy or something, right? 100%. And I love how you said, Kristen, you were even like writing it down because that gives you a big picture. And then you can back and connect the dots because it's, you know, it's summertime, kids are home. 
my memory. I'm like, what is where? And it's so it's easy to lose track of those things. But if you're documenting it, you're going to have that big picture of, okay, this is what happened. And you can kind of connect those dots. And I think that's what we haven't been taught how to do is connect the dots. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and one of the things, right, that I'm, I've cut out for a season is, you know, I enjoy wine, you know, on a, on many of, you know, nights in the mm-hmm. evening, but I know that that's not always the best choice. And so with my season of, you know, making these changes, you know, I've fully cut that out for now. And the point is, but I still enjoy what can I have in the evening? So sometimes I make a banana shake, you know, it's just protein milk with a banana. And other times I do a strawberry blended, just straight strawberries and stevia. But the point is, is it's real. It's allowing me to see it doesn't have to have alcohol in it for me to enjoy it and prop and be a lot more healthy. And often it has other things in it, right? Like vitamins or adaptogens. And so it's really letting me experiment and explore that I can still have a drink that, you know, feels decadent or enjoyable or relaxing. And it doesn't have to be a certain type of drink. Right. And so once again, that's me being opened, you know, setting a goal, which was, okay, you know, I, I need to uh, be a little healthier right now, but, or always, but I mean, two, it's be curious about what else could I replace this with that I would still really enjoy and maybe enjoy more. Absolutely. And I love that. I had the same realization with Starbucks when my husband was traveling for work because I was like, I'm going to the drive-thru. I didn't really want the coffee. I wanted somebody to do something for me. It was like, I was home alone with the kids. I wanted somebody to make me a drink. Like that's what that was about. So true. No, you're so right. And I totally get that concept because I've always said like, my husband is great, but he's not a cook. And so he doesn't, he wouldn't just whip me up a meal. If, if I ever was like, didn't feel well, he would be like, well, what do you want me to go buy you? Right. He'll, yep. he'll go get whatever. But I'm like, honey, those are not as healthy. And so like, I end up making it right. Even if I maybe don't feel hundred percent, you know, if I'm sick or something, but he means well, but the point is, is so many times I literally am like dreaming of like, Oh, what if my husband was a chef and he just made me a meal? So you're not wrong. I totally get that idea that you just wanted somebody to hand you the drink already made with a little sprinkle of cinnamon or chocolate or whatever it was on it. <laughs> so, so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, and I think to your point, you kind of made a realization like, hold on, like, why am I doing this, right? And I'm with you. I like the warm drink in the morning. I, some days I may have turmeric milk in the morning instead or golden milk. Uh, and then I've replaced my coffee or caffeinated coffee with decaf if I have it, you know, hundred percent. So it's like that. There was nothing, I didn't need the caffeine. I never did. It was just, I got used to it because that's what everybody else was having. But I realized is I just like a warm drink and it doesn't necessarily have tea. I don't love in the morning because I actually like it cold, but any other warm drink that has some sort of substance to it, it works to fit that same bill. Yeah. So it's just finding those swaps. That's exactly what you did with the wine, right? Like I want something sweet to cap off my evening. I'll, you know, find some fruit. That's awesome. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what else would you just tell us about how did you start really getting clear or understanding better this whole idea of, you know, who God made you to be and who made, who made it all of us to be? Yeah, you know, that's so interesting because I became a Christian in college and would go to church and I would hear sermons and I would read the Bible and I I knew that I wasn't supposed to be anxious. Like the Bible is very clear. Do not be anxious for anything. But I always with the how. How do I do that? How do I implement that? I would hear something from Bible. I'd hear something from the pulpit and I'd be like, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think just through learning and growing in my own journey and, you know, the healing and 
being curious and really asking questions. I think a lot of times we are encouraged to ask questions. I mean, think about it as a mom. I do this to my kids when they were younger. Stop asking me so many questions. Like, and and my youngest is very curious and I appreciate that so much now, but like, I think you have to be curious and you have to ask yourself the hard questions and you have to be willing to figure it out. And so I think when you do that and you're quiet and you have that time with God, you can ask him those things and he will answer. It might not be how you want or in the way that you want, but he will answer. And so I think it's giving yourself permission to take space, to ask questions, to do the digging and really, you know, be clear on what the word says and what he says about you and know that you don't have to be like everybody else. Cause I felt that a lot in the Christian yeah. culture. Oh, well, I'm not like that. I don't do that. And then I would judge myself like, oh, I'm a bad Christian or I don't belong. And just that spiral we talked about. But I think it's really spending time with him and letting him speak to who you are and what he says about you. Mm, yeah, so good. And and I think also, if we find that our thoughts, right, are negative about ourselves or about our like how we're perceiving ourselves, it's part of, part of it is starting to replace those things, right? Like ask yourself, is this true? Like write it down, you know, put it on paper. Like, am I saying, oh, I'm heavier than I'd like to be, or I hate my legs, like whatever the thing is, because truly like I have more muscular legs, right? Like they're not tiny little skinny little lady legs. They were like that since I was young. I just have a very muscular leg. Like I ran cross country. I was very thin, but I, I had a bigger leg. God made me that way. I have to remember, oh my God, he made me have strong, powerful legs. He did not design me to have the leg like some of my girlfriends who they have these very thin, lean legs. I've never had that leg. You know, I say it looks Nordic or something. I don't know. But I have to remember like, in other words, like, gosh, you know, I can see, I can speak. I have these special gifts or talents. And But I think when we start writing down, what is it we're saying to ourselves? And then is it true? And asking that, right? And then say, what is it about myself that you know, we're fortunate to be or have, you know, um, you know, I was telling you that I had a medical thing. Well, actually it, I haven't even gotten to share this on the podcast yet, but I actually had a golf cart accident a month ago and I had a head injury and still ongoing. But the, the point though, is, um, with that, uh, <laughs> of course, I was going to tell you, I can't believe that, uh, shoot. I forget what we were just saying, because of course I started getting in my head ahead of myself. Um, I forget what we were, we're talking what, about, about, I think you were talking about appreciating your body and how your legs were different. It was, it was. Yeah. So, sorry. So yeah. So I had, I had a head injury because I fell and I hit the whole side of my body, including my head really, really badly. And so one of the things is I had, um, and have a temporary loss of smell and one of my ears, it didn't happen right away, but within a week or two, um, I have, um, it's muffled sound and like tinnitus, but the, and, and that should come back and everything should, you know, be fine. But the point is it really reminded me, I am still so thankful for all my senses. I am still thankful for smell that right now I can't really smell much, but I know how, and I can taste though. And so it reminded me once again, we have so many things to be thankful for. I'm thankful that I didn't get hurt worse. Right. I'm thankful that, you know, I was able to, you know, get checked, walk away and I'll be okay. You know, it wasn't cognitive type stuff. And so once again, though, that's me reminding myself, like I could see this as a negative, but I'm not seeing it that way because 
I do think that God uses all things for the good. And it's giving me this time to reset. It's giving me time for reflection to truly give my body everything it needs to heal, you know, and to really be uh, thankful for all the things I do have and all the gifts that I have. And so I think sometimes we just need to take the time to remember that and thank God for it or write it down. But we need to get out of that headspace, right? This negative headspace. And sometimes it takes us writing it down. Sometimes it takes us thanking him for what, what is good about our, ourselves. Like what, what do people say about us? Not just ourselves, you know, because most of our friends aren't talking about us negative. I hope they're not, but I mean, they're not saying like, gosh, you could be skinnier. You could be this, or they're saying like, oh my God, you're so amazing at something. And wow, you did such a good job. You know, you walked two hours or you did this race, right? So we need to listen and we need to pay attention to what God's saying about us, but also what the people around us that support us and love us are saying about us. 100%. And I love that. I think too, how often does the Bible tell us to remember? Like we are told to remember for a reason. And um, my, our daughter, she just turned 15. She did the neatest thing for her birthday party, Kristen. She had canvases and she had all of the girls dip their thumbs in paint and put their fingerprints on the canvas. And then she had them write things they love about themselves. And I'm like, that's really cool. Cause I think sometimes in Christian culture, we feel like we can't acknowledge things or we can't be thankful for what we have, or we can't be, we come across as proud, I think is where I'm trying to go with this. But I think if we can be thankful and acknowledge what God has given us and what he's done and be thankful and appreciate it, like him for what he's done, I think that's just different. And I think a lot of Christians have a hard time with that. Absolutely. Because being proud is a different thing, right? But being clear on that we were given, you know, all these gifts, these blessings, these abilities, just by having a human body, you know, that is a miracle. That is amazing to me. And so, you know, being able to see, right. And see the sunsets and see the birds. And so you're right. Like, instead of thinking that, oh, I'm being, you know, like you said, proud, no, it's being appreciative, right. For what we have and, and the special things that we can do right in the world. And so, I think you're absolutely right. And I love that she did that. That's lovely, especially for that age, you know, group of girls. And that was all- <laughs> it was what? It was all her idea too. I'm like, this is awesome because how like being a teenager is hard. And then you yes. have the social, like there's just so much. So I was like, this is a great thing for her to have them do just to be thankful for what God has done in and through oh. them and who they are. I love that. So what would be, um, do you have any just tips for people that listen or listening to this conversation thinking, oh my gosh, I so relate to this. Like maybe where, what would you say uh, could be a couple easy action steps or tips for them? Yeah. I think the first one is to get curious, you know, instead of just jumping there in your mind of, oh my gosh, here I am in front of the pantry eating all the Oreos again. (laughs) If you find yourself there, that's okay. Pause. Be like, hold up. I'm going to get curious. What am I doing with the Oreos? Am I hungry? What am I looking for? And just ask that question. I think that's a really great first step. I think the second step, which is if you you find yourself feeling stressed and overwhelmed and kind of frantic, like I used to be a lot of the time, there's a really great breathing technique called the 557. And that links your sympathetic nervous system with the parasympathetic nervous system. And so it kind of calms everything down. So if you find yourself feeling stressed, overwhelmed, maybe you're in the grocery line and you're in the quick lane and the person in front of you has more items and you're in a hurry, do the five, five, seven breath, where basically you breathe in for five seconds, you hold the breath for five seconds, and then you exhale for seven seconds. That exhale being longer than the inhale and the hold gives things a time to kind of settle. So that's a really great technique you can do anywhere. 
And I think the third thing is just renew your mind. Like know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It doesn't matter what the scale says, what the mirror says, what the size on the clothes say. What matters is who he says you are. And the only way you're going to know that is by spending time with him and in his word. Yeah, so good. I love that. Oh my goodness. Well, Melissa, I love that we got to have this conversation today. I hope it will inspire and encourage some women to get curious, to really remember that our bodies carry us through life. They, you know, allow us to do so many amazing things and, uh, you know, just do so much in the world. And so can you uh, just tell us how can people connect with you and learn more about what you're doing and all of your you know things that you offer? Yeah, my website is free to be coaching.com. It's free, the letter, no, the number two, the letter B coaching.com that has freebies. It's got um, my social channels. Everything is there. So free to be coaching.com. Awesome. Well, I love that you joined us today and I really appreciate you taking the time, actually a second time to re-record uh, as the first one had some uh, audio issues. So thanks again for joining us and just encouraging women to really see that we can have freedom in life. We can really, um, just enjoy life, right? Find that peace, find that joy and really step into the life that God has meant for us to do and to use our gifts and talents, which is includes being beautiful just the way we are, whatever size and whatever shape that we are as we are now. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I want to wrap up this episode from a few words from the book, Women, Food and God by Janine Roth. She says, When I first realized how simple it was to end the compulsion with food, eat what your body wants when you're hungry, stop when you've had enough, she then goes on to say, freedom from obsession is not about something you do. It's about knowing who you are. It's about recognizing what sustains you and what exhausts you, what you love and what you think you love because you believe you can't have it. And then she says, she's talking about the guideline she has for eating food. And she says, each one has its non-food equivalent. It's non-apparent or spiritual dimension. You can sneak food, for instance, hide what you eat from your friends and family, but you can also sneak your true feelings. You can lie to people about what you believe, what you want, what you need, and you can examine your life by either looking at the way you live or the way you eat. Both are paths to what is underneath and beyond the eating, to what has never gotten hungry, never binged, never gained, or lost a pound. And the last thing I'll share that she says is, when we're eating in a way that's about what our body needs and then stopping when we're when we're not hungry, she says it's when it's relaxed and nourishing, free and life-sustaining. And isn't that what we're all after is to feel satiated when we're hungry, to nourish our bodies and to know that the way we've been made and the who we are right now is enough. We already have all the value and worth we need because God's made us in his image and he's made us the women we are to show up in our lives, to serve each other, to serve our families. And he's made us beautiful just as we are. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days Christian encouragement inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Field Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.